This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Creature Comforts. It's the show all about your animals and the animals around you. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. Libby Hartfield's out this week. So we're having another pet show today. We're talking about pet allergies and also picking the right veterinarian. What can you do if you or a family member becomes allergic to your pet? What questions should you ask your vet? And what should the facility look like? What type of equipment should a vet have? Join our conversation this morning. Give us a call with your pet questions at 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Or send us an email. It's animals at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. Libby Hartfield out again this week. So it's another pet show today. We're also going to be talking about pet allergies and picking the right veterinarian. What can you do if you or a family member becomes allergic to a pet? And when talking about vets, what questions should you ask your vet? What should the facility look like? And what type of equipment should the vet have? Join our conversation this morning with your pet questions. Give us a call. It's one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 7464 or you can send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. A couple of reminders. Uh, Creature Comforts always airs twice each week on MPB Think Radio. The original broadcast is Thursday mornings uh, at 9, but it also repeats Saturday mornings at 6. And also, uh, if you have a podcast app for your smartphone, consider downloading Creature Comforts. Now, all of the local shows on MPB Think Radio are available as podcasts for your favorite uh, podcast player. And we're having an unofficial competition to see which is the most popular. And the uh, current results are out. I believe Creature Comforts is number two on the list, or two or three. So we're doing quite well. So if you're a fan of Creature Comforts, uh, it's a great way to have it available to you whenever you need to listen to it. Uh, so again, looking for your pet questions at one eight seven seven mpb ring So good morning, Dr. Major. Hope you're doing well today. Good morning. Great day. Beautiful outside. Yeah, so it's uh, nice to see maybe um, not so much rain uh, here for maybe a couple of days. It's been an interesting uh, summer, hot, hot, hot weather, and then all of that rain, so maybe things can uh, even out a little bit. We've got some callers on the line already, so some folks need some pet questions answered. Let's start in Madison with Becky. Good morning, Becky. Good morning. Good morning. What's your question? Well, I have a a nine-and-a-half-year-old Dotson that we brought home when my mother-in-law passed away in February, and she's throwing up. And It started out, it had a lot of food in it, and now, this morning, it's really just water and phlegmy kind of mucusy. And I don't know, she doesn't look sick. Whenever she looks at me, her ears are up, her eyes are bright. But I don't know if I need to take her to the doctor or just right. wait and see what happens. How how long has she been throwing up now? I 
I think just started last night. Okay. Uh, you know, that's always a good question as far as, you know, usually in a nine-year-old dog, they're not one of those that's going to be gnawing on things and eating toys or other things. So she should be pretty stable from that standpoint. Have you changed her food? No. Okay. Keeping her on the same food that she was on. Uh, well, we've changed it since we brought her up here, but because we also have two eight-year-old Jack Russell Terriers okay. and a cat. So, you know, there could be a lot of things that she's eating. But Sure. Right. And, of course, we talked last week, I think, about the cat litter box. I don't know mm-hmm. if she, she has a desire to do that, but uh, certainly there are things that can make her throw up. I would say if this continues uh, and, uh, say, another 12 hours or so, she doesn't look sick or act sick. So definitely tomorrow, if she's not better, I would get her in. Okay. Uh, maybe something bland as far as food the next uh, today, uh, chicken and rice or something along that line might okay. be good. Something that's you know fairly easily digested and mild. If she does okay. eat and then throws that up, you do need to get her on to your vet. Okay. All right, I will. Best Thank of luck you. to you. Hope she does well. Thanks for the call, Becky. Let's uh, continue on next. We're going to go to Picayune. Alan is on the line. Good morning, Alan. Go ahead, please. Hey, good morning. How you doing? Good. Good morning. Um, there's a quick question. I'm sorry. It's a, we have my parents have a cat that um, will um, go uh, uh, pee in her litter box just fine. But we just can't seem to get her to go um, potty in the litter box. And we've changed different brands of litter and make sure some are scented, some are unscented. But for some reason, she's just dead set not going potty in the litter box. And we're just kind of hoping you might be able to give us an answer. Okay, a couple of questions for you. Number one, how old is she? I'm really not sure. Okay. Do you know, Mom? She was dumped off in our place. Well, she was dumped off. She was an unwanted cat that okay. someone threw out at us, so I'm not really not sure. Right. Is this, not very, uh, I think it would be a year. Okay. Is this new behavior as far as the urinating in the box but uh, defecating outside the box? Is that something that's changed, or has she always done that? I We don't really know. Okay. I'm okay. So, so you haven't had her long then? No, no, okay. no. Does she usually uh, uh, potty in a different place or the same place? Nope. It's always right by the litter box. Okay. Well, actually, before we got, we had a litter box. Or they had a litter box. And she would go in the um, tub. Okay. And then um, for some reason now, she'll just go by the litter box and nowhere else. Okay. My suggestion would be this, uh, and you may not be able to do it, but I'd suggest keeping her in a one room if you have a room where you could keep her. I'd put out two litter boxes or as as a very little uh, where where she's going, you might put a litter box next to that now. Uh, Some cats are very fastidious. It sounds like, though, she never really learned what she was supposed to be doing, and uh as far as the different types of litters, uh, it's really hard to say, but uh, a lot of the cats do like a finer type litter. But the fact that she's urinating in the box would indicate to me that she's just confused, and I would put another box out and see what she does. Oh. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully that hopefully that will help. All right. I appreciate, 
Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Alan. Let's uh, get another call in here. By the way, it's a pet day on Creature Comforts with Dr. Troy Major. If you have a question about your pet, you can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. Send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. David has called in with a cat question for us. Go ahead, David. Yes, sir. I have a cat that all of a sudden started losing hair, and uh, come to find out she was over-grooming. This cat's about 10 years old, and when she started this, we took her to the vet, and he Put some, he said just one flea would, could cause that. Of course, it's an inside cat, so we didn't think that was a problem. But she kept on losing the hair and, and continuing to grow, and she's kind of lost her balance a little bit. She has a funny look at her eye. She's, the doctor put, on, put her on some kind of hormones. He said that would keep her from uh, grooming so much, and uh, but... I guess she's, she didn't go to the bathroom for a while, but she's doing better and she's eating. But I, I was wondering if that uh, rang a bell with you guys right. where you knew what it might be. Right. There may, you know, I'm afraid there may be an underlying cause that she's doing this. Now, a lot of cats do excessive grooming. Uh, the dermatology people call it fur mowing. Uh, in other words, the cat literally strips off the fur. Where, where's the hair loss on her uh back half and her no, underneath no sir it's uh, mainly around her neck okay her okay so so she's not she's not licking this obviously she's probably scratching this sort of thing usually well, she's, she's doing a little bit of that but she can get to her you know by turning her right, head back sure. pretty sharply does she have any bumps or anything like that any sores uh, she did have but they're healing up okay. and she's got little bitty bumps on her skin right. Usually in this situation, uh, flea control is important, and she may not have had fleas. A lot of cats will have allergy-type situation. Uh, it's called miliary dermatitis, uh, which refers to the little small bumps. Uh, I would suspect that uh, she needs to be on some steroids for a while. I don't know if your vet gave her a shot or not. You might talk to him about that. But... Uh, the excessive uh, grooming, this sort of thing, usually it revolves around an allergy of some sort. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure what kind of pills that that you got. Uh, I can't remember the name, but right. he did give her an allergy shot. Okay, also. right. And sometimes that has to be repeated uh, every three weeks or so. So you might check back with your vet on that. Good luck on that. It's It's difficult. A lot of cats... Never can be cured of this once it starts, but at least you can control it. So hopefully that's the case. Okay. Well, thank you a lot. Take care. Thanks for the call, David. Let's get one call in before our first break, and it goes to Vinny, who's called in today. Good morning, Vinny. Hey, good morning. What's your question? Uh, I have a question. I have a Pomeranian that's about five years old, and he gags a lot. Um I guess is the best way to describe it, uh, especially when he gets excited. Uh, when I come in in the evenings, uh, he'll jump up and down, and of course, uh, then all of a sudden start gagging. Uh, and I, I don't know fully what's going on right there. Is that the usual time? He doesn't time? cough up anything, you know, he's just like gags. Is that the usual thing when he's excited or maybe after he's eaten or drinking water that he does this? 
uh, was excited, and sometimes he'll just be sitting on a chair and start like gagging, like almost like a uh, trying to cough up something right. that doesn't cough up anything. If you had to describe it, I'm not going to ask you to do it on the radio, but if you had to describe it, it would be, could you think of a reverse sneeze or reverse gag type thing where he wheezes when he does that and then acts like he wants to cough up? That may be hard to... Yeah, he kind of like wheezes, uh, like, yeah, kind of like wheezes and then kind of like cough up or something, but he doesn't... Right, so he kind of goes back and forth with his breathing or wheeze. This is usually referred to as a reverse sneeze, uh, but it's not life-threatening. And usually it's connected with probably saliva when you get excited, saliva in the throat, and kind of starts a gag reflex, this sort of thing. So if he's not doing this except occasionally, I wouldn't be too concerned. Usually if you pick him up when he's starting to do that, he'll stop. So it does have to do with excitement. A few dogs will do it after they've been drinking water. But uh, I talk to your vet about it, but I really feel like it's one of those things that uh, the dog is probably going to do, but it should not be life-threatening or a disease process. All right. Well, kind of give an idea what to trace it out there with the vet. Disgusting. Right. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for the call, Vinny. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. It's an all-pet day, so if you have a question for Dr. Major about your pet, you can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 We need to take a break, but a quick reminder, you know, Dr. Major does the best he can trying to figure out what's wrong with your pet, but uh, he gives you the advice, and I'd like to uh, reemphasize it all the time, you know, follow up with your vet. Maybe this will give you something to uh, talk about when you go to your vet, but that's the person that really knows your pet the best. So uh, take to doc- Dr. Major's advice, but follow that up uh, with a trip to your vet on these pet problems. We'll be back with more Creature Comforts after this message. Support for MPB comes from C Spire Business Solutions, helping businesses move into the future with next-generation fiber-optic Internet access. More at 855-C-SPIRE-2. C Spire, customer-inspired. There's a lot to be discovered about Mississippi. Like the little-known places you can visit on a Mississippi road trip. Or where to find a local brewery for a unique experience. Every Friday morning at 10, we take you on an hour-long journey through Mississippi. It's music, cuisine, culture, and history. And you never know where our next stop will be. I'm Mary Margaret Miller. And I'm Sharia Brent. Be sure to join us Friday mornings at 10 for Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. 
Libby Hartfield out again this week, so it's a pet show today. We're looking for your pet questions. Give us a call. We've got some open phone lines. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. I want to talk a little bit about allergies, and I guess uh, both we can have allergies in our pets, but also uh, some humans can be allergic to pets. So, um, uh, Dr. Major, I guess it's it's fairly common that uh, some folks uh, have allergies to dogs and cats, and I guess... Is it usually the, I think in the cats, it's it's the dander, something that's in their fur that seems to irritate humans? Probably so. Uh, I think some people use that as an excuse not to have a cat or not to be, a, <laughs> be around a cat if they don't like cats. But uh, allergies are real, and I, I don't deny that. And basic theory is that the, uh, the real culprit is the saliva cat's. I was trying to figure out how often my cat grooms, and, you know, it's probably like 40% of the day the cat's sitting groomed. Well, the saliva kind of dries out, turns into more of a powder, if you will, Mm -hmm. and that is what people are truly uh, allergic to. Uh, The uh, solution to that, there's really not a good solution. Some people recommend bathing the cat once a week, say, in distilled water or some type of water that would be fairly pure. But those of you who have tried to bathe cats know that it's not an easy thing to do in most cases. There's some cats that love the water and don't mind it. But, uh, yes, there are people that are allergic to cats and less probably to dogs. But, again, cats are the most popular pet now by a good bit as opposed to as opposed to dogs. And uh, also, I knew someone who uh, had cats. Uh, she was allergic to them. And you can also obviously take allergy medicines and right. that sort of thing. And there, I guess, there are ways that, that you could live with a cat maybe to uh, to uh, separate yourself from it uh, too much. But uh, that's that's a decision, obviously, that each person has to make. Why don't we talk a little bit now about allergies that our pets can uh, develop? Let's, let's start with dogs. What are some of the more common right. allergies that a dog might get? Okay. First of all, I would mention that... Um, our dogs are just pretty much like people. They can have the allergies to different things. And uh, let's start with food allergies. Uh, if you watch TV, you'll notice that uh, most of the foods now are pushing the uh, all meat, less grain or no grain uh, type foods. And there's truth to that, but not all dogs are allergic to grains. But uh, a lot of the dogs may have some food allergies, either expressed in skin issues and even in uh, GI problems such as diarrhea. Uh, So the move has gone in the past few years to go to more of a meat-based diet. Now, there are some dogs that probably are allergic to certain meats. Uh, There's interesting studies about uh, some tick-type disease, I think the Lone Star tick, and that people and probably dogs that have been bitten by this tick may develop an allergy to beef. Uh, which is a little strange, but uh, there's some documentation to that fact. Uh, But if you have a dog that you suspect a food allergy, certainly consult with your vet. And usually the way that you work out a food allergy is by trial and error. In other words, elimination of foods and try food and see if the dog does well on that. And in many cases, it may take a month to six weeks to know when you change a food, whether or not the dog is going to have an allergy to that food. 
But it sounds like uh, maybe to recognize if your pet might have an allergy, it, it's it's kind of similar reactions to, to what humans would have, right. some uh, skin problems, as you said, maybe some congestion, that kind of thing. Right. And uh, with our dogs, it usually is evidenced more with the skin than with uh, respiratory-type problems, uh, whereas in humans, I think a large percentage uh, of allergies uh you have uh, sinusitis, you have coughing, gagging, this sort of thing. With the dogs, uh, especially, realize that the outside dog is exposed to a lot of allergens. And when we allergy test, which we can allergy test, you see that uh, a lot of the dogs are allergic to native grasses, uh, whether it's Bermuda or uh, fescue or some of those, and also to uh, some of the tree-type allergens that we see. So actually a vaccine can be made uh, for the dogs that are severely allergic, and uh, that can be given. You have to test first and see which, uh, which of the allergens uh, the dog is most sensitive to. A vaccine is prepared, and then you give the vaccine. Uh, it takes, you know, over a period of time, and it does help in a lot of cases. I will mention that we have a dermatologist uh, available uh, locally, board-certified animal dermatologist, and she actually sees patients at the Animal Emergency and Referral Center located off the treetops. Okay. Uh, this is Creature Comforts. It's an all-pet day-to-day. If you have a pet question for Dr. Major, you can give us a call. We've got some open phone lines. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. Send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. Most of our pet questions are dogs or cats, but we occasionally get uh, some other types of questions. And we've got one from Mary in Oxford. Good morning, Mary. Go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. I, I have bees. Last year I lost bees partly from um, the mites and partly because there were a couple of lizards living under the hives just smacking on them. Uh, and this year, my son has gotten me new bees, a new hive, and now a lizard is, again, underneath, I think, probably smacking on bees. I was wondering how to get rid of the lizard. Okay, I guess the question is, do you know what kind of lizard it is? It's about six inches long. It has... Um, it's gray with kind of a dark stripe down and a, a white stripe down, too. It, does it look kind of... Uh, has it, a triangular head. Right, okay. We're dealing with... Right, you're dealing with a uh, skink, S-K-I-N-K. It's a skink? It's not a lizard? Uh, based on your description, it sounds like a... Uh, a skink to me. You might look that up and compare if you can go online and look at that. Uh, they are types of lizards, okay, but it's still a skink. Oh, and uh, it doesn't have a blue tail. I thought skinks had blue tails. Only certain uh, skinks do it at a certain age. As they get oh. older, they tend to lose that blue tail. And oh. we've talked about uh, that some cats love those. They can't resist it. And they will literally uh, develop some problems if they kill and eat one of the blue tail skinks. Well, but my that's, cat hasn't bothered the skink. That's a, that's an immature. Uh, the blue tail is usually well, defined as in an immature skink. Well, I guess uh, he's a grown up skink. Right. <laughs> uh, I guess the questions I would have is going to be hard to to move the skink. Uh, if you could actually 
capture the skink and move him away, long distance away. I think. Well, that I thought work. of that, but I don't know how to catch him. <laughs> I think that I think that would work. Uh, of course, you don't want to have to move the beehive to, uh, you know, to move to get to the skink because that could be disastrous in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's any way, gosh, may have to have a call from somebody to help us with this. Don't really want to kill the skink because they are benef- mm-hmm. they are beneficial uh, from the standpoint of predator, but you don't want them to be snacking on your bees either. No. Uh, I would suggest maybe getting some help, get somebody to see if you can't catch the skink and relocate him to a different area. That uh-huh. would be my best bet. You don't want to use poisons, this sort of thing. So No, I've got a cat. Right. And, uh, mild animals around. I don't want to poison anybody. Right. I, I understand. Maybe you can enlist somebody to help you do that and uh, maybe reward them with a little honey after that <laughs> episode. <laughs> anyway. Uh-oh. Well, thank okay, you. Well, thank you for thank your call. You. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Right. Mary, good to hear from you. And also, uh, if uh, anybody is listening this morning and that might be a beekeeper or familiar with uh, beekeeping and has had a similar problem and could offer a suggestion for Mary about how to uh, keep uh, the, the skink away from her bees, we certainly appreciate that call. Uh, the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can send us an email, animals at mpbonline.org. That's the same number that you would use if you have a pet question. And we've got some open phone lines on this all pet day on Creature Cover. So give us a call uh, if you need to have a pet question answered by Dr. Major. So we mentioned a couple of things, uh, allergies that uh, might be common in dogs. So what about uh, cats? What are some of the more common allergies for cats? Let's go back to dogs and okay. cats. A caller uh, mentioned a little bit earlier about fleas and certainly a lot of animals are allergic to, to fleas uh, not just dogs and cats but still it is one of our major concerns here in the south because we have fleas uh, pretty much year-round and animals need to be treated some of the animals do respond to just one flea with terrible uh, uh, allergic response other dogs can or cats could have dozens of fleas and maybe only scratch occasionally so my point being, uh, flea control is important uh, in any type of uh, consideration of allergies, and uh, it is it is important. We even see mosquito allergies, uh, especially in some cats. Uh, if there's an outside cat, the cat uh, is bitten around the ears and head, and they can develop a pretty severe dermatitis with that. Not all cats respond like that, though. As far as cats, other allergies... Uh, my my thinking would be that we do see that. We mentioned miliary dermatitis, which is probably an allergic response. And uh, that can be quite uh, devastating to a cat from the standpoint of causing uh, issues, uh, both pain-wise because of the uh, intenseness of the uh, little bumps that they have, but they can inflict a lot of damage to themselves because of that. We have got some callers on the line, so let's uh, head back to the phones. Uh, we'll start again with uh, John, who's called in from Louisiana. Good morning, John. Good morning. What's your question? I have a registered miniature schnauzer, a medium schnauzer, <clears throat> and on his back, which we know we groom him and everything, but on his back, but he hadn't been groomed recently, but on his back, a little thing popped up. like a, It looks like a pencil eraser, I would call it. It's red, and it stays inflamed, and he's licked on it, and... It looks more like a, a little balloon, bloody thing. It's not a tick or nothing. It's just a 
lesion there, and it won't get well. Right. Uh, is that the only lesion that he has like that? That's it. The only place on his body. How, how old is this dog? He's uh, seven. Okay, but it's about the size of a pencil eraser? About the size of a pencil eraser, and it stays kind of oozy red. Yeah. Well, and I've been I, putting iodine on it. And, yeah. This uh, is one of those things that, uh, you know, difficult over the radio to, to tell you, but I would say that with that, if it's been there for a while and it is irritating, it probably needs to come off, probably needs to be removed. Like uh, a tumor, I would, maybe? Yes, it could be, and that's that's one reason I would not hesitate to say you need to see your vet about that because if it's a tumor. breeding, then uh, right. I already got the female, but I don't want him. I'm, you know, I'm going to take – all right, I appreciate that. Well, thank you. Best of thank luck you. to you. All right, let's uh, continue on. We've got some uh, open phone lines. If you have a pet question at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send us an email, animals at mpbonline.org. Also, if there are any beekeepers out there listening, Mary from Oxford called in, and she's having trouble with skinks uh, and her beehive. So if you have any suggestions for her, we'd certainly appreciate your call. Uh, Jim is in Gluckstadt this morning with his uh, call. Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, I uh, appreciate the show. I have a, uh, a question that kind of follows the fellow who had the Pomeridian, uh that was gagging and, and uh, making that strange sound. Um, I was once told, and I don't know if it was uh, an educated man like uh, you guys are, but uh, he said it was because of their esophagus being shallow. Uh, my dog does it, uh, of course, when he's excited, but also he uses it to let us know when he has to go outside. Uh, <laughs> just wondering if you had a comment about that. It does relate to structure of the uh, epiglottis or the esophagus you know, where they swallow. And this uh, certainly is part of the esophagus as well, f- taking off from the epiglottis. But, uh, you know, it's hard to say absolutely why each dog does this. But in most cases, as I would say, it's not a disease condition but it does happen and it may be a structural problem just like you were told now to tell you exactly where that problem occurs it's got to be in the throat in the epiglottis area and usually it occurs with excitement or in your case the dog has learned to uh tell you when he wants to go outside which is great (laughs) but uh thanks for your call i appreciate it thank you Thanks for hearing uh, your call this morning, Jim. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. It's an all-pet day with Dr. Troy Major. So we have some open phone lines. If you have a question about your pet, you can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 Need to take another break. When we get back, we'll continue looking for your pet questions. Also talk about uh, how to choose the right vet for your pet. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio.
Think Radio is your voice for Mississippi. If you or your community has an event coming up and you'd like help spreading the word, send us an email. You've got mail. To PSA at mpbonline.org. MPB is getting its very own car tag. But first, we need your help. To begin production, we need 300 of you to say yes to the tag. Go to mpbonline.org slash car tag for more information and also to sign up. A portion of the fee goes to help MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. Thanks for your help, and we'll see you on the road. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major from the Animal Medical Center in uh, in Jackson. He's the vet there, and so it's an all-pet day here on Creature Comforts. We're looking for your pet questions at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 You can send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. Also, earlier we heard from Mary in Oxford who had skinks, uh, Troubling, uh, uh, eating her bees, attacking her bees. And so if you are a beekeeper or know of any ways that uh, might keep the skinks out of uh, the bees area, uh, if you would call in with that, we'd certainly appreciate that. Uh, let's uh, continue on. Next, we're going to go to Mobile. Brian's on the line. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. What's your question? Uh, I got a, uh, I'm guessing he's about eight month old. Uh, I believe he's an American bulldog. Uh, found him on the side of the road, brought him home, but, uh, uh seems like in the morning times he's uh got like a dry cough. Uh, every now and then he'll kind of regurgitate a little bit, looks like some phlegm. I'm just wondering if it's maybe allergies or – and also sometimes after he's been drinking his water, I don't know if he's maybe sucking it up through his nose, maybe causing yeah. a problem. Brian, it's it's one of those things. Not seeing the dog, I don't know if he has. A, does he have a real smushed in bully face or? No, sir. Uh, it's, no, sir. It's more like an American bulldog then. Yes, sir. Uh, a lot of the dogs do have some uh, excessive epiglottis or soft palate in the back, and that can cause some issues. You know, after they drink this sort of thing, and can does he when you when he's at rest or when he's around, does he make a lot of noise breathing? No, sir. Okay, so. You know, we're looking at something that probably uh, was he doing this when you when you first got him? Uh, yeah, yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, I've had him for about I guess about two months now. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you know, and it kind of goes away as after after he gets up and moves around, right? Except when he's yes, drinking sir. or eating. Yes, sir. I think it's again we've talked about structure, but probably a structural thing. I don't think it's serious. At the same time, if it gets worse, or if he acts like he's sick. You know, definitely need to get him into your vet. Uh, but mention that uh, if you haven't gotten shots yet or if you have, mention that to your vet and see what they say. But I would suggest that uh, the fact that you're you're describing a kind of a dry cough, I guess, it may be more of a structural thing than, than not. And he plays and does everything right that you would expect him to do. Right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yes, sir. Very active. Right. right. I, I would say talk to your vet about it, but probably he's okay with that. Okay. Take care. Well, I appreciate it. Thank You're you. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's continue on. Next, we're going to Gluckstadt. Katie's on the line. Another dog question for us. Go ahead, Katie. Hi, 
I have a uh, a dog that sheds like crazy. I'm not sure what the breed is because he was a stray that I took in. Yes. I've had him uh, neutered, and he's in good health. Um, but he is probably a German Shepherd uh, mix with um, who knows what. Right. Um, but is there anything I can do about the shedding other than just brushing? It just doesn't seem to work. Right. You know, there have been things marketed. Uh, there was one called, I believe, low shed or no shed. Uh, you put it on the dog, and always after that, it mentioned brushing uh, <laughs> brushing to work it through the, the hair. Most dogs are probably healthy shedding as long as he's replacing it. Uh, I would suspect if he's German Shepherd mix, he's got some pretty thick undercoat. Yeah. I would, yeah. I would suggest, uh, if you can... Some daily grooming will really help with that, but he's going to shed, and it is a healthy thing. It's just that you know you didn't pick him because of the the hair; you picked him because you 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 wanted him. And, he actually uh, picked me. Right? Okay, I understand that. I know at the clinic a lot of times, you know, a dog will come in and be working with him or something. He gets up against you, and you look like a hair hair mat, you know. <laughs> and some dogs shed more, and I think they let let loose a little bit more hair. At the clinic, simply because they're stressed a little bit in a lot of cases. But I've heard of things like putting um, oil on his food, or um, does that? Well, help the, or? the the omega three uh, fatty acids just like they help people. Of course, uh, uh, I can't say this helped me gain any hair or anything like that. <laughs> but uh, I would say that it helps the overall condition of the hair, but I don't think it's going to keep him from shedding. Okay. And well, I, I vacuum every day, okay. and I could make three dogs out of a hair. <laughs> well, I, I can I can tell you about my sister. She's probably listening, but uh, they had a really really good lab uh, named Pal, and he was a golden lab. And Pal's been gone now. From, you know, he passed away probably what three or four years ago. Uh-huh. She still says she's finding hair. Around the house. That's going to be me. Okay. Hey, uh, Dr. Major. Katie, before you you go, let me let me offer a suggestion. uh, A product that I used for my cat that was quite successful. uh, That they also make for dogs, and that's the Furminator. It's a special kind of grooming brush. But I was amazed at how well uh, it really gets rid of the excess uh, fur. And so, uh, when you think about grooming, if if you would go online search for a Furminator, uh, I found them to be really really helpful to keep uh, keep that down. Good point. Okay, good. Good, point. good idea. All right. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Uh, let's go next to John, who's on the road with a dog question for us. Go ahead, John. Hey, yeah, I enjoy the show. I have a, a just a question. It's, my dogs don't do it, but I've seen dogs, uh, when they come up to you, they kind of, it looks like they're smiling. They bare their teeth. <laughs> they're, they're, not, uh, they're not mad or anything. It's just uh, they just show their teeth. I've always wondered why they did that. You know, there are certain dogs that do that. It's always interesting to see them do it. And uh, the first time you ever see it, you might think the dog was a little crazy or he was going to bite you. But uh, it, I think it's actually a show of, uh, uh, hard to say affection necessarily, but at least attention. And it's a way of greeting that they have. Uh, it, that's an interesting observation, but we do see a small percentage of dogs that do that. Yeah, yeah, the next-door neighbor's lab does it. He's, uh, <laughs> he's usually wiggling all over and wagging his tail. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> okay, I've always wondered about I, I that. Think, huh? I think it's a happy dog that's doing that most yeah, of the time. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, okay, great, thanks. Thank you, John. Good to hear from you, John. Let's uh, get another call in before our next break, and it's Apprentice, who is in Madison today. Good morning. Go ahead, please. Um, hi. Um, uh, my Irish setter is just about a year old, and he is, he, I walk him three times a day, uh, and my uh, golden retriever, we walk also, and she does her business outside, but he, the Irish setter, will not, and even uh, my fence is down in the back from all the rain, a tree fell over on it. So uh, he goes outside, you know, before that, but he'll only do his business on the patio. He won't want to get his feet dirty. <laughs> right. I've I've seen dogs that, that do that, and it's, it's like, no, I'm not going to go out and get my feet wet. Uh, I'm going to go on the patio. Uh very difficult, uh, unless you can figure out a way to block him off the patio. Surely you will go in the yard if that was the only option. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, when he uh, goes deep into the backyard, he'll he'll go back there. Right. But, right, but he can't right now because of the fence yeah. being down. Uh, overall, I'm, I'm just asking this for my own benefit. How, is he a good dog? Is he pretty calm? Or is he... he you know, we're getting to the year point, so right. uh, the dog explosions have stopped okay. for the most part. I know, um, and I, I ask the question because I don't see many Irish setters uh, now. And, he's also uh, Houdini. He, <laughs> can nose, he can nose up a fence. He can squeeze through a four-inch Okay. Oh. I don't know how he does that, but that'd be interesting. You I, need you need to put that on YouTube. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty funny to watch. Right. He looks like a fish out of water, just kind of flopping until he can get through. Well, I hope you get your hope you get your fence fence fixed where you eliminate that yeah. problem. Uh, yeah, but, I'm gonna go for an underground fence. You know, one of those invisible right. fences and see if that helps. And it works for many dogs. Just follow the directions and realize that each dog is different and. One yeah. one of your dogs may react differently than the other, so you have to be oh, pac- patient with that. Yes, definitely. Um, is there any way of training him on the leash? Uh, you know, we've worked really hard, and he's good now at healing and uh, not just bolting off and 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 going after squirrels. Right. Uh, but I, I used to call him pretty dumb but now i think he's pretty smart pretty smart <laughs> <laughs> i mean he's pretty on the leash on the leash now what what is the issue on the leash well um you know we take him at three times a day again to to go outside right. you know take him on a walk get him exercise and hopefully he'll uh he'll do his business out in an appropriate place right but he just holds it and and then comes inside and waits until you know I'm back at work or something. Okay, well keep working with him on that. I think he will learn. Uh, and you know that most dogs would be ready to uh, have a bowel movement within ten to fifteen minutes after they eat. That's usual, but yeah. he's, he's learned to hold it, I guess. So yeah, and patio I guess is the favorite spot. But uh, yeah. anyway, thank you for your call and keep working with him. He's still a puppy. And okay. uh, I hope that things work out well. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'll, 
Google some right. things. Okay. okay, thanks so much. Take right. care. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Let's take one final break. When we get back, we've got Connie and Brandon with a question for us and some open phone lines. So if you have a pet question for Dr. Major this morning, you can give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can also send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. Back to wrap up the program after this. Public Media app is available now. Watch MPB TV, listen to MPB Think and Music Radio, and stay in the know with MPB News. Search for the MPB Public Media app in the App Store and Google Play stores today. Philosopher Travis Reeder thinks we can avoid climate catastrophe by cutting the global birth rate soon. He wants countries like the U.S. to impose a carbon tax on kids. We as parents, we as family members, we get the good. And the world, the community, pays the cost. A moral case for population control. Later on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell, here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. It's a pet day today. We're looking for your pet questions at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 7464 Got some time left so and some open phone lines, so if you have a question, uh, give us a call. We'll start to work that call in before the end of the hour. Let's go to Brandon. Connie has called in today. Good morning, Connie. Good morning. What do you have for us? Um, my husband and I got a, we think it was a female tortoise at PetSmart, and we decided she needed a companion, so we went to the other PetSmart, and I, by checking the plaster, and I, I'm pretty sure we got a female, the female, and within we got a male. But what is the reproduction process there? Okay, and tell me what kind of tortoises these are. Um, Testuda, T-E-S-T-U-D-A. Okay. Are they from U.S. or from? Uh, I'm trying to get those in my mind. Are those from the U.S. or from some other country? My husband says that. Okay. I strangely enough, I have two tortoises as well. They are the African Spurthi tortoises, which have a capability of getting to be pretty large. You know, we're talking about seventy-five to a hundred pounds, but. Uh, they aren't that big now, fortunately. Uh, basically, uh, reproductively, I would have to know more about that particular species. 
but uh, I would suspect that probably you're looking at probably you know several years before they would be ready to reproduce. But uh, they have eggs and fertilize eggs or what? Do they? Does the female like have eggs and deposit them somewhere, and then the male come and no, no, the male would actually fertilize uh, mate with the female, okay? It would be an actual mating. Yeah. And then eggs uh, could be deposited uh, in proper substrate, but he would not fertilize the eggs after they were laid, okay? How do, how do they do that? I mean, the- <laughs> <laughs> I'll draw you a picture. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, I would say possibly go online. You probably have some uh, pictures of some of the larger tortoises uh, mating, and it can be quite a, quite a cumbersome uh, event. Uh, having been to the Galapagos a couple of times, they have the giant Galapagos tortoises there, and uh, it, it would be quite 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 exciting to watch uh, watch those mate. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, Hello. I think we saw that once. Yeah. Right, but they they do literally mate, and in some of the species of tortoises, the the, uh, the semen sperm, if you will, can stay dormant almost in the female for for a while. But it sounds like these are fairly young. I'm not yeah. sure how to tell you when they would be ready to reproduce. They're uh, they're about maybe three and a half four inches. Right. I, I will look that up. Uh, you said the the scientific name was T E S T U D A. Okay, I'll have to look that up. I'm not familiar with that that okay. particular okay. breed, but okay. I, if I find out something, I will tell you on a subsequent uh, radio program. Okay. Okay. My husband has another question. Yes. My name is Todd, and I'm inquiring about. Turtle, I have a turtle pen outside so they can get their UVs, yes. you know, and I have a UV light inside as well. Yes. But um, the turtle pen outside is under um, a big tree, a big river birch tree, and at the trunk, they like to, to burrow around the trunk. Yes. Sometimes I see fire ants, and I've treated them, and I know the, the, the poison can hurt the, the turtle. At the same time, I don't have them out there while I'm treating the, the ants. But um, can you... And, Enlighten me on what ants can can the ants penetrate the turtle uh, shell or can they all because they they seem to be you know getting built up around the turtle like they're all going right. to attack at once they're just kind of right. you know I would say forced. it would be wise wise to treat because the turtle can only do so much these in, in my opinion or based on what I know if these are what I think uh, they can't get everything back into their shell. You know, a box turtle, like our Native American box turtle, can pretty well close down. Uh, but in most cases, the uh, African land tortoises really can't get all their body back in. They can get most of it. And But yeah. I would be concerned about ant, ant buildup, yes. Okay. Uh, and best way, I think, would be to take care of the ants would be keep the turtles out of there while you're taking care of the ants and then make sure that you're not having any ant dens around in the yard close by because they can move over pretty quickly yeah okay all right um, all right thank you very much for your um uh, your knowledge this well, morning well, all right luck to you thanks for the call let's uh, see if we can't work one or two more calls in let's go to linda in jackson go ahead linda uh thank you for taking my call um 
I have a Lisa Opsa that is 10 years old. She's had skin problems for a long time. Her skin turns very red. We've tried eliminating, you know, certain types of dog food and going to no grains. We, she has a real uh, kind of a greasy black uh, underneath her coat that, that does not smell good. Right. We have gone to um, our vet, and she's, at present moment, she's, trying cyclosporin, which happens to work over one day, and that's about it, and some antibiotic and other things, and she also has redness in her eyes as well. Yes. And I heard you say something about there's a dermatologist at the uh, emergency animal hospital. Yes. Is that an option I should take? Because this is, it, it's, it's extremely, yeah. and she still doesn't get any better. It, day to day, she'll start turning red again. Yes. And, you know, I would I would suggest that uh, it would be good to, you know, your vet's done well, I'm sure, but get a second opinion. You can call the Animal Emergency Referral Center or have your vet call and set up an appointment. Uh, the vet's name there is Dr. Gunner. Uh, she's not there all the time, but she is there fairly often. Good luck to you. All right, that'll wrap us up for today. A lot of good pet calls this morning on Creature Comforts, which is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science. Funding provided in part by the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science Foundation and contributions from listeners like you. Our uh, producer is Jonas Adams, and our call screener today was Sam Sharita Brent. So, for Dr. Troy Major, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Up next at 10, it's MPB's Season Pass with Jay White and Sam Wells. We'll be back next Thursday at 9 for another Creature Comforts. It's right here and only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.